Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. How are we feeling? (sighs) Let's take a moment. Take a little moment. It's so nice just to come back, come back to presence. Mm -hmm. Taking a second. The day has started. The day is going. You might be in the car. You might be at work. You might be cleaning the house. You might be on a walk. Whatever it is, but it's always good to take a second, you know, to check in. It's actually not as hard as we think. Truly. And not as cheesy as we think. I know. (laughs) That's the biggest trick the devil did play. It was making us think that things are cool. Yeah. It's like like a cool factor. (laughs) There's a coolness. Like if you're like, hey, everyone, let's breathe. You're like, ah. I'm like, oh, turn this podcast off. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly, turn this podcast off. I'm going to turn on Dua Lipa <laughs> and have my brain melt. This is going to be a really beautiful episode. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We've been doing this for six years now. Lindsay and I are best friends. She lives in New York. I live in LA. We have a community of amazing people that are really supportive of one another through our membership. And we are really here to support you in your evolution through amazing conversations, through tools and resources, through content. Whatever, you know, is going to resonate with you, we hope to provide you a vehicle through what we do. So welcome to the pod. Kimberly Snyder is here. She's a dear friend of Lindsay and myself, and she is just so kind and incredible and special. And this conversation is a good one between friends. Yes. When I first met Kim, I was like, whoa. You know, it was one of those people that I met in LA, not early on, but probably like halfway through my time in LA. And I just remember feeling like, oh my God, these type of people exist Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she is such a light and she is so, you know, we were talking about presence before. It's like, she is so present. And sometimes when someone is so present, it can be a bit like jarring because, you know, most of us aren't always present. Like our mind is kind of in different places. We're anticipating things. We're thinking about what just happened or what's going to happen. And I don't know. I just felt, I mean, she's human, so she probably does that too, but I have always felt her to be so, so present, just so positive, just a lovely little (laughs) angel. When I was blogging, so I had a blog for a long time, the 100 blog, Keep It 100. I actually started it when I was living in New York City, probably in 2012, maybe. And one of my posts was Kim's green smoothie. And it was so hilarious because the post was like, this is an amazing green smoothie. Here's the recipe. And it was like, basically just copied from her. (laughs) Oh my God. There was like literally like a stock photo of a green smoothie, her recipe, nothing interesting, creative. It was basically like repurposing her content to put a green smoothie, but she was like an OG in the space. Truly someone that was like the first of her kind doing green smoothies, doing sort of the diet, nutrition, lifestyle vibe that I feel like is so prevalent in, in LA. It might not be prevalent everywhere, but it's all, it feels to me about like the food's vibrational quality and the food's mm-hmm. energetic quality. But it was funny that I had admired her for so long and then now, you know, I'm friends with her and she is beautiful and amazing and lives this life that I just admire so much. You know, they have a house full of love. It's it's messy at times. It's just all about the human connection of life with her kids and her husband. And even now their house in Hawaii, that's just 
the best. So she's living the dream in California and Hawaii and is really, really excited about this book, which it feels very aligned to her. If you don't know Kim, she is also the founder of Saluna Supplements. Detoxy is our favorite, so check yes. it out. But she is is a three-time New York Times best-selling author. She's a spiritual guide. She's a meditation teacher, nutritionist, obviously, and holistic wellness expert. And her new book, it's the type of book she's never written before. And I think it's the most Kim of all. It's called more, You Are More Than You Think You Are, Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. And it's just incredibly powerful. I think this will be such a beautiful supplement for people who are really on their path and fine-tuning their spiritual practices and their experience in the everyday and not just kind of unconsciously going from one thing to the next. So I'm excited for you all to check out the book. And she has some incredible practices in here. For example, she has some exercises on becoming fearless, which sounds like a grand concept of like becoming fearless. What does that mean? But I did these writing exercises and it was really interesting to uncover some of the shadows that really fed these fears and how they were like playing under the surface for so long. She also gives you step-by-step to kind of just build that courage. And it's in these small moments that we kind of build that confidence around, you know, just tackling these these fears. So there's so many exercises, stories, examples, which I think are so important in books just to kind of give context and illustration to her concepts. But it's it's such a good one. I'm so proud of her. Yeah, I love the cover too with the the butterfly on it. I think it's really mm. cool. It's like a sacred geometry type of vibe butterfly. And I know that was important to her to have it be something that even she says on the podcast wasn't just like a picture of herself. So it's also cool to see when people are going against the grain of what they should be doing or what like the normal process would be like of like having a picture of you on the front, you know, kind of holding an apple or like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then actually doing like something that you really want to do, which is having the butterfly on it. And she is someone that has really gone through a process of her own metamorphosis, really, you know, through her separation from her partner, who is the father of her first boy, Emerson, and now to finding her love and creating her brands and business and starting from a process of being all of about beauty and being all about health and wellness with food and now being super spiritual and leveraging a lot more of her yogic practices in everything. And for me, she's a great example of, you know, a process that a lot of us feel like we can't go on of starting at one place with talking about one thing or doing one thing, but then really allowing yourself over the years to have your work be an expression of who you are and where you're at rather than having it dictate you the other way. And I think we've done that pretty well where we were talking about relationships, then we were talking about health and wellness, and now we're pretty much spirituality and self-development. And it, we really allowed ourselves to dictate our work rather than, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. You've been over to Kim's quite a bit, but I just remember our circle that we had together and I just thought it was it was so special because it was literally, it, it didn't feel like a, a grand event where she's like, okay, we're going to have a, mm-hmm. a circle. It was like a part of like her, her everyday flow, which was kind of like some sort of reverence to herself and others in some sort of way. And like on that day, it was with us and in circle. And it was just 
so beautiful and to be outside in nature and just what she's cultivated in and around her home is yeah. is definitely, definitely goals. Yeah, she has these giant-ass crystals at her house. These crystals at her house <laughs> need like cranes to get them in. They're, they weigh, they're so big. I can't even tell you how big they are. She has these giant heart crystals, this giant amethyst inside her home that are just so beautiful. And Phil Jackson and a bunch of, Phil Jackson and some like rant, like James Cameron and very random powerful people have giant, giant crystals at their houses as well. Mm-hmm. But what I loved about that moment when we hung out was it reminded me of, you could spend an hour with people very intentionally, no phones, not distracted, in circle, checking in. And that can really fulfill you and sustain you for so much longer than when you're distracted, when you're on your phones, when you're at dinner, when you're watching TV, when you're doing all these things, when you hang out and how much more nurtured and fulfilled we can be in our relationships and with ourselves when we actually really, really give time and space to drop Mm. in to hanging out rather than like halfway. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely a lesson. Not that we're sitting down and we're watching TV with each other. Dude, to be honest though, right when I said that, to be honest, sometimes, dude, watching TV with your friends is fucking dope. Sometimes it's like, yo, let's fucking drop in and watch some tube. You know, so every once in a while you just need a little like, you know, a little like tube moment and you just can like talk about the Kardashians or something. I'm reading um, Way of the Superior Man mm-hmm. by David Dida. And um, David Data, I don't know how people say it, but it's something that a book that people talk about all the time. So I was super interested to to read it. And he talks about how with the masculine, it's so much more important to the feminine to have that like half hour of deep connection of like conversation, eye contact, touch, play, than having like sporadic moments through the day. And like a man on purpose, it's like really important for them to just be on purpose for when they are. And then really just setting aside that like one-on-one connective time Mm -hmm. so that she knows what's going on. You both know what's going on. And I really love that point because I think it's true. And especially for two people that, you know, Justin and I both work from home. It's like you kind of have those moments through the day where you're kind of touching, playing, connecting, whatever. But it's so much more valuable to have those really intentional conversations or times or walks or meals together where you really are able to like sink in. And I think for the feminine, it's like we know what that feels like and we know when that happens. And so Kim's sort of you know, a circle that we did together was like that. Very intentional, very mindful. And just Mm -hmm. like, we knew the intention we were bringing into the conversation. Yeah, the feminine definitely needs that. And I do think the masculine too. For sure. I think they need it, but they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, I have so much to say. I want to do a whole (laughs) conversation about that book. It's fascinating. I was like talking to my therapist about it, like one of the chapters. And she's like, that sounds, that sounds like it makes me mad. I'm like, I'm like, you don't hey, get is this it. Your, is your session? Is this you your session? Or I'm <laughs> done with her, to be honest. So if anyone has a good couples therapist, let me know because I'm absolutely done with her. <laughs> she cannot hold the container. It sucks. Oh, fuck. I'm like, are we just entertaining you or what? Like, is this wow. interesting? Literally, I'm done. And I don't think she gets me. This is a whole other conversation that we won't get into, but I don't think she really <laughs> understands me. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. She doesn't understand me. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably intimidate her, maybe. Maybe. Huh. I think it's just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Give me your Rex. Give me your Rex. Okay, Kimberly Snyder. She's also been on the podcast before, so you can search Kimberly Snyder Almost 30 and find our first conversation, which we had a few years ago. We've also been on her podcast. The book is You Are More Than You Think You Are. It is out now. We highly recommend it. From her line, Saluna, we love her Detoxy, which is really, really good. It's like a magnesium compound. That's amazing. And then you can find her on Instagram at Kimberly Snyder. Thank you all so much for listening to Almost 30. If this episode or any other has really impacted you, whether you share it with a friend or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we really, really appreciate it. And our membership is open for enrollment right now. So if you have been thinking about joining the Almost 30 membership, if you have heard the hype, the hype is totally real. And it is where Krista and I are pouring so much of our time, love, and attention into. We have monthly workshops, two-hour workshops. We have live hangs with Krista and myself. We have meditations and downloadables to support you in our monthly theme. We have extra episodes and more. It's just, it's a really, really special place. The community aspect I think is the most potent. Girls in there are connecting all the time. And because it is intentional, like I am joining a membership for this purpose. The energy is different. You know, people are there really to do the work is over said, but yeah, I guess do the work, but there's no riffraff, you know, we're, we're really there yeah, with, with, with pure hearts and it's, it's really a blast. So I yeah. highly, highly recommend joining. It is super affordable. You can go to almost30.com slash membership to learn more. I love the monthly sound baths that we're doing. So the monthly Mm -hmm. integrations and monthly healings that are also a part of it are one of my favorite new additions. And we're always optimizing and making it better each time. So if you're going to be joining now, you get the benefit of having the best membership experience possible. So we'll see you in the membership, almost30.com slash membership, almost30.com for anything else, for show notes, for blog posts, for information about us, our courses and programs. We also have Podcast Pro there to support podcasters, all of the things. Enjoy this one. Send it to a friend that you want to have conversation about, that you want to talk about what we talked about on the show. It's a great way to connect further with your community. And we'll see you on the other side. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, we want to share a little bit about the sponsors who support this episode. I am Team Cup over here. It has changed my life using a cup from Flex. Yeah. I mean, I'm team I'm team disc, but it's also from Flex. So you guys got you have a variety to choose from. And, you know, no longer kind of just grabbing whatever tampons yes. off the shelf. Like I was on vacation and I didn't bring my cup and I was on my period and I forgot how miserable and archaic tampons are. I was leaking. I had to change it every couple hours. I was uncomfortable. I was really uncomfortable actually with putting bleached things and products inside of me. And I just was reminded how amazing the cup is from Flex. I get the Flex cup. You can get multiple different sizes, but having it has been so sustainable. It's easy. I don't leak. It's comfortable. It has changed my life. And I'm so sad that I was in my late I was in my 30s when I found the Mm -hmm. cup. And if you're nervous about using it, they have, Flex has incredible like support. They have videos that show you how to 
put these in and they're super easy. I like practiced like a couple times and I got it. So the Flex Cup is a reusable cup. It's super, super soft. And it is actually the only cup on the market with a pull tab. So yes. you remove it the way that you would remove a tampon. It's super easy and you basically already know how to use it. I use the Flex Disc. It can be worn for up to 12 hours, holds as much as three super tampons. And for me, this one works really, really well. You can have sex while it's in and it reduces waste by 60% compared to pads and tampons. Um, so you're saving the planet too. And I just love this company. Um, so if you'd like to try Flex, we highly, highly recommend. Say goodbye to those leaks and messes and lots of stress. Go to flexfits.com slash almost 30 and use code almost 30 for 20% off Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup plus free US shipping. That's code almost 30 at flexfits.com slash almost 30. And again, you will get the 20% off Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup. It's interesting because when you were last on the pod two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. I don't even know how long. It was like you could feel the transition you were making. Yeah. Like yes. I just remember talking to you in the little courtyard area and you were talking so much about like nature, interconnectedness, mm -hmm. like eating, how it was just like the energy of food. It was so much more spiritual than I think what you've done. And it's interesting because I feel like we've been on that path too a little bit where you came, we came into the space where like food, eating, nutrition, blah, blah, blah. And then once you're sort of like in it, you're like, oh, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so much more. It is so much more. And I think, you know, for me, I've always shared what has been really you know, relevant in my life and what's helped me the most. I tell the story a little bit in this book about how I went backpacking for three years. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I thought at one point I was going to be a doctor. Then I interned in a hospital not for me, <laughs> just was not my path. So then I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I worked for a year, saved some money. Then I went backpacking, which, you know, just blew my heart open, blew my mind open. And one of the countries that had such a big impact was India. And this is where I really started to learn about all these different teachings, these ancient teachings, which are really relevant for connecting, for raising your energy, for all of this amazing stuff. And then I came back to New York and then I had no money. So then I started hustling, right? I, I was starting to teach yoga. I did a yoga teacher training, and then I went back to study nutrition. But I was really, I had this, you know, feeling, this passion. I really want to publish a book. So at the same time, I was applying these principles, and then I just started a free WordPress blog. And I'm not a tech person, but I could figure out how to start a blog. <laughs> and then all I was doing was teaching yoga and then I was sharing the blog. I didn't know anything about SEO. I didn't know anything about marketing. And it just really organically started to spread. And then my first celebrity happened to found the, she found the blog. Then I got on a film set. Then I started working with all these different actors. And then I started doing these national television shows and things just started to blow up. And um, I, my, my first book proposal, which my first publisher was HarperCollins, and my first uh, editor's name was Sarah, I said, here's my proposal. It was a book called Catching the Fire. And it was a travel memoir about some of these teachings. So it was never supposed to be about food from wow. the beginning. And then Sarah looked at my blog at the time and she said, wow. She's like, people though are really gravitating towards the food stuff and your recipes. Why don't we do a food book first? 
And she goes, then we'll do this book second. Well, that was 10 years ago. Exactly this year, 10 years ago, the Beauty Detox Solution came out. So that was supposed to be the first mm-hmm. book. And then that did really well. So then the second book was Beauty Detox Food. So it went in this direction. But at the same time, I was working with all these actors. You know, this is before I had kids. <laughs> and I was living with them for four months. I was doing all this stuff. And it was never, you guys, it was never just about the food. I always said from the beginning, it was, you know, 15%, this like outward stuff that we can touch and hold. But it was so much about, you know, the 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 groundedness, the emotional, the the meditation, the all of it. Mm-hmm. And but outwardly I was known as a nutritionist. That's that's how I was labeled as the, you know, the studios paid me. That was my line on the you know, the payment slips, but it was always about all of this. So it feels funny 10 years later, you know, six books later, I've come back to what I really know will help people the most, what I really want to share. And as I share with you guys in the, you know, in the book, I don't think I would have been able to share all this had I not gone through, you know, those really difficult times Mm -hmm. in the past few years that just kind of, you know, I hit rock bottom and then was climbing my way up and then, you know, life, my whole life changed. That rock bottom moment of like having no money, coming back to New York and just... Oh no, not that one. Liz, oh, that, which one? <laughs> that was a rock bottom moment. A but, rock bottom. But that was, that was like in the beginning when I was yes. this like, you know, just kind of bright eyed sure. newbie coming back. The rock bottom bottom that I talk about in the book yeah. was when, you know, I was a new mom. My older mm-hmm. son was born. And then before he turned one, right before he turned one, we found out my mom had cancer mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day. And then she passed six weeks later. So it was like, you know, you hear these stories sometimes where it's like out of nowhere. Like this was really out of nowhere. She was with us at Christmas. She was energetic and fine. I know she has cancer. She's gone. And then a few months later, you know, that sort of blew me open. And I was looking at my life and I said, you know, kind of look at everything. And I wasn't as deeply connected as I wanted to be with my partner at the time. So then I left and moved out with Emerson, who was, you know, just over 18 months. So I, I lost my mom. I was a new mom and I became a single mom. So that, that was the real rock bottom place, mm-hmm. you know, and then out of that, Saluna arose with the four cornerstones, food, body, emotional well-being, spiritual growth. I started to really expand what I wanted to talk about publicly. And out of that, this new book came as well. Yeah, I, I, I think like the, what you're experiencing with your celebrity clients and seeing firsthand that it was so much more than food, I can imagine during that rock bottom when your mom passed and you left with your son. It's like you almost had to bring that inward and like actually, because I can imagine you're giving so much when you're with your clients. It's like, oh, this is actually something that I have to practice now and really fortify on my own. So I can see why that kind of manifested itself so clearly in such a rock bottom. It's true. It's, you know, when everything's going great in our life, mm-hmm. it's easy to yes. just kind of like bounce around and, and, you know, kind of dip in and out of things. But when you are in those really challenging moments, that's when, you know, you you realize you lean on your practice, you lean on these tools, that's what gets you through. And, you know, the great yoga guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, mm-hmm. who brought yoga from India to America. He was really the one that established yoga here. And, you know, all kinds of people flocked to him from the Beatles eventually, Elvis Presley, like Steve Jobs, all these people were learning these principles from him. He said something along the lines that 
the funny thing about life is the things that the things that seem so real are not, mm-hmm. and the things that don't seem real are real. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, one of the yogic teachings is that what we see with our two physical eyes, you know, the whole Bhagavad Gita, this ancient text, is about this great journey, this great battle of life where the senses are constantly pulling us out. So it's like what we see, and we see in today's world, we're constantly looking on social media, we're constantly comparing ourselves, looking here, looking down the street. Am I skinny enough? Am I successful enough? Where am I in my life? Am I do I stack up all this stuff out here? Where in reality, it's about tuning into this inner vision, you know, what the yogis call the third eye. You know, Wayne Dyer says all this physical stuff is less than two percent of what we really are. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's this formless part of us, the true self that we can all tune into and tap into. And when we start to do that, it starts to bring forth our best ideas, our best energy, our vitality, our appearance changes, Mm -hmm. our energy changes, and everything that we start to create in our life changes from the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with Yogananda, like what was your process to finding him as your guru or like learning from him? Because I actually don't know a lot of his teachings outside of our conversation. So I'd love to hear about that. So I grew up Catholic. Mm -hmm. I grew up up Christian. (laughs) And so I... You know, I don't know about you guys. I I loved Jesus, but I didn't feel as connected to my church. Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, my family went to church every single week and it was a little bit ritualistic. But, you know, I knew that there was, you know, higher intelligence, universe, whatever you wanted to use. But I didn't have the practice to feel that deep personal experience. So then I went backpacking around the world and I was in all sorts of cultures. I went to over 50 countries. And when I went to India... Oh, like it was so, you know, rich. They say when you go to India, rich in culture, rich in in spirituality, you either love it or you hate it. For Mm -hmm. me, the first time I went, it was three months and I just fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And so I described this story at the beginning of the book where I was just wandering around Rishikesh, which is known as the yoga capital of the world. I'd never done yoga before. I'd never meditated. I never knew about any of this stuff. And then there was this bookstore And it was, I don't know, just kind of like one of those places you just kind of randomly go inside. Mm -hmm. And I was drawn over to this shelf with all these little blue books. And it was like specifically like calling out to me. And so I picked up this book and it happened to be from Paramahansa Yogananda. I had never heard of him. And I started reading it and he was talking about oneness, this underlying unity of all things and energy, like this underlying energy matrix. Mm -hmm. And he was starting to speak Uh, to me, and I felt this like fire sensation in my spine that I had never felt before. And I was like, what is going on? Who is this? So I bought all the books for like 30 rupees, which is, you know, not much money Mm -hmm. at all. And I started reading it. And at first I was like, wait, does this mean that I'm like going to be like a Hindu or yogi? Like, what does this mean? Because I'm Christian. Like, I didn't understand it yet. But then as I started to, you know, get into the teachings, what he's saying is there's this oneness, you know, it's like we can say, universe, source, God, consciousness, higher intelligence, whatever word you want to use. Let's say it's the top of the mountain. There are many paths up the mountain. There are many forms. There are many, all the, you know, different ways we go up. But what he was talking about was this unity, these Mm -hmm. unifying principles of how you can have a direct experience with spirit, with God, with universe from inside of you. So it was really the the pathway of true yoga, true yogic science, how to really meditate in a deep way. Not just close your eyes and relax, mm-hmm. but actually connect. Because the word union, the word yoga means union. It's about connecting with that true self inside of you. So then, and the word guru means 
one that shows us the way from darkness to light. Mm -hmm. So it's a path for deeper connection to the one, to raising your consciousness. And the word enlightenment, which is, you know, not a word that I would have used a few years ago, but it's the subtitle of the book, Practical Enlightenment for Everyday Life. It means in the day-to-day battle, so to speak, of life, enlightenment's about more awareness. It's about awakening up to that, you know, who we really are, not just this, you know, physical Mm -hmm. doing what my hair looks like today. It's okay to take care of the outside and we're in this bodily temple, so we're meant to take care of that. Mm -hmm. But to this, like who we are, Mm -hmm. our, you know, spirit individualized inside of us. And when I started to do that, that's when, you know, I went from being a broke backpacker to learning how to publish books, to, you know, just create this career, create this business, and then eventually how to, you know, create real love and find my soulmate and this family and all this stuff. So people always ask me, you know, how did you do this? How do you get started? And I said, well, here's my full playbook now because this is what really reconstructs everything. The food part is one part. And all the great yogis always taught about food because food is energy. Mm -hmm. And so food will help support your practice. And of course, if our body is riddled with disease and sickness, it becomes a distraction. But it is, like you said, Krista, it's just one part. It's not everything. It's not the end goal. It's a supportive pillar of the overall lifestyle. Yeah, and I think when you're talking about the different ways up the mountain, it's like, you can think about religion. I think about Catholicism and a lot of different religions. And it's like, beware of people and situations that say there's only one way. Yes. And I think that's when we can, even in culture, even in politics, even in with leaders that you're looking at, there's no one way. And I think that's when we can know to be careful of that person or that dogma or that ideal because there's not only one way. So Yogananda was so clear, this is not about religion. You can learn to meditate and be still and learn these practices, whether you are agnostic or an atheist even, or you know Christian or Jewish or Hindu or Muslim, it has nothing to do with that. It's these principles you know, for universality. So it has nothing to do with religion. And also he says, do not ever accept anything blindly. Test it with yourself. So you test these meditation techniques. You test it. And if you feel more peace, if you feel more bliss, if you feel more joy, if you feel yourself, you know, backing away from things like feeling really competitive or pushing, pushing versus this inner power, you know that that peace inside of you is starting to grow. So it's nothing is to be just, you know, accepted blindly. It is to be tested. The yogic science, he says very clearly, test it for yourself. And I think it's so interesting when you were backpacking. It's like, I think about a lot of our community. It's almost like you got lost to be found. Oh, yeah. And I think there's that that beautiful process of allowing yourself to be lost and to get lost and to just rediscover what was meaningful to you and like what was important to you and what was like, like who you were. And so can you expand upon that a little bit? Because I feel like there's so many yes. people listening that really want that experience or yes. but are scared. When, when I started, I, I was so anxious. Mm-hmm. I was in my head all the time and my whole sense of self was from outside of me. So it was, you know, mm-hmm. am, I, am I, you know, cool enough to get invited <laughs> to this party? Am I pretty enough? Do people, will people like, like me? And so it was just the thoughts that were oppressive and I didn't sleep well at all. You know, back then I was a huge partier. So I think if I didn't, you know, drink to the point of blacking out sometimes, I would be up for all, you know, all hours of the night. I was really an anxious mess. I was, you know, controlled by my food cravings. Like everything was out here. I needed food to make myself feel better. So I think when I started traveling, in a way, I was I was seeking, mm. but I was almost trying to escape myself in a way. And there was like the 
distractions of traveling and seeing things at the beginning. And then what I started to realize, because it was supposed to be a few weeks, and I did it really cheaply, you guys. <laughs> I bought a car in Africa for, I think, you know, $4,000. And I drove around from seven months and I slept out of my car, I put my tent down, and then I sold it at the end for $2,000. And I just kept going, you know, South America, Eastern Europe. Mostly I was in Asia and Africa. Asia, by the way, if anyone's starting to travel, is the easiest place. If you go to Southeast Asia, Thailand, Cambodia, I mean, it's, it's, it's set up for travelers. Do not attempt rural China first. I do not recommend mm. attempting rural Africa first because those places are much, they're not set up. So you have to be a more seasoned traveler. You need to, you know, learn. Yes. To get your travel feet <laughs> under you first. But I was, you know, then I started to realize when I got to India, you know, someone said to me, one of the yogis, he said, there's something wrong with your eyes. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, looking in my eyes. And he <laughs> You're said- You're like dope. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you need to learn how to meditate. So it was like he was looking into me mm. and he could see my unrest. Wow. And he was seeing me. And it was like, I get goosebumps to this day. Like, I remember that day when I was like, oh shit, like I can't run from myself. Mm. Right? So this is when I started to understand. Like, it was so hard when I started to try to be still. It was so hard when I tried to sit. It was so hard when I tried to meditate and even look at myself. You know, there's a chapter in the book called You Are Whole. Mm. And it, you know, talks about looking at all your qualities, the ones we like to admit, the so-called good ones and the so-called bad ones, and starting to integrate and realize that those are actually all just the surface behaviors. That's all just the ego playing out and all the suffering. I believe like all the stuff, the yogic teaching is everything that we, you know, the reason we suffer is because we put our identity in this ego. Mm. We think we are these qualities. We think we are the behavior. We think we are, you know, what we do, how good our careers are, what we look like, all this stuff. When in reality, the true self, the essence inside of us is beyond all that. Even if we, you know, mess up, we F up, we do all this stuff, there's an unchanging part of us. There's a stable part of us because the true self is the steady, stable, creative, courageous, mm. intelligent part of us. So the more we connect to that, and that's what I started to learn about on the road because I had all this time, I was starting to read and I was like, wow, because I was so defined by my grades, my achievements, you know, I had to be, you know, this or that, or I felt like a failure. And it was like, oh, there's this part of me where I can soothe myself, mm. I can validate myself, I can show up for myself. And I started to connect to that. And it's very practical. So not it's not just this like, woo-woo, oh, I feel good. But once we start to, and <laughs> again, there's another chapter, I'm so excited to share the playbook <laughs> called You Are a Creator, mm -hmm. right? So it's how you take this form and you start to create with it. You start to put it into practice in the world. So then I was like, oh, I have this and this and I can do this. So I'm gonna take that energy and, you know, channel it into writing books, into doing all these things. Because again, the ego says, well, I think this would be needed, or maybe I'd make more money doing this thing. I think people would buy this. So it's an external frame of reference versus letting our true gifts come forward. And so that is, you know, when I was backpacking, I think, you know, that was the biggest thing that I found was, oh, it's inside of me. Mm -hmm. Because everybody thought I was crazy. Everybody thought, oh my God, I'm you're sure. wasting your education. <laughs> you're out there. My parents were like, you know, we hustled, we paid for your college mm -hmm. and now you're doing this. But if I didn't do that, I, I don't mm. you know. For me, it was like breaking the mental patterns and going out of the Western world and then reclaiming, you know, the, the true self and then bringing that forward. We hope you're enjoying this conversation. We're going to take a few moments to share brands with you that we love and who support this show. 
I got a question in my DMs the other day about how I deal with bloating. She had remembered that I mentioned it on my stories a while back. And to remind you all, I take Array. So if you don't know, Array is an incredible natural supplement company with real results. They work in under an hour and they're all natural. And I love the bloat formula. So they have a couple hero products, the bloat formula and the calm. I'll start with bloat. So they're a blend of five herbs and a fruit-based digestive enzyme. And it targets every possible cause for bloating. So the relief happens so quickly. I literally took it the other day. I had a bunch of vegetables in these tacos. um, And I knew I was just going to have a little bit of a time digesting these. I took my bloat caplets. In like 45 minutes, my bloating was gone. I love Array because their ingredients are sourced from the most potent part of every plant. So this ensures their formula works in the time that it does, under an hour. I mentioned I also love the Calm formula. I take two of these capsules before bed is my secret, okay? These are a blend of four herbs, minerals, and vitamins, which help relax the body and mind. So at the end of the day, after I've had dinner, after I've just kind of like done my thing, I take my two comp tablets and it really just reminds me like, okay, it's time. We're going to start winding down now. Um, and this really helps any anxiety and just puts my body into a much more restful state, which also helps with my digestion overall as well, lowering my cortisol as well. So I love Array. And if you would like to try Array, we have a discount as always. Almost 30 is the code when you go to array.co. That's A-R-R-A-E dot C-O. Use the code almost 30 for 10% off your purchase. That's array.co. Use the code almost 30 for 10% off. I am updating and upgrading the Sacredness of Being Single program and I am using Issue to help me create beautiful readers for the content that I am creating for those participating in the program. So if you are a creator out there, a marketer, really anyone creating content online, allow me to introduce you to Issue. So Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to flipbooks and brochures and so much more. We all know PDFs are kind of outdated. You know, attaching them to a mass email ain't the look. Issue makes content look better feel better, just overall go over better. Um, And Issue also works seamlessly with tools you already use like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. I use Canva a ton, so it's just easily integrated. And what's awesome is you make it once and you distribute it everywhere without reformatting. That's my jam. Your content is already optimized for engagement and ready to share. So again, if you're a creator, marketer, designer, anyone who makes content, try Issue now. You must. We love it here at Almost 30. And for our listeners, of course, we got a deal for you. So you can use Issue for free today. And if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use the code almost 30. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast and use the promo code almost 30. You can get started for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you will get 50% off. That's I-S-S-U-U.com slash podcast and use promo code almost 30 at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. Yeah, I think it's so powerful. We were talking to a 
few high schoolers the other day and they were talking about taking a gap year. Mm. And this, you know, your traveling is, you know, obviously much more extensive, but it's this idea of breaking out of what's expected and the system. And I feel like when we're on those tracks, it's really easy to always look for the outside validation, the guidance, the tell me what to do, what will be the most successful, what is the next guidepost. And so I just think that's so incredibly powerful. I'm curious like how when you started to get clear on your true gifts and where to direct your energy, I want to speak, I want you to speak to this because I feel like we're in a world where everyone's distracted by the yes. social media. This is what I should do. She's making money doing this. So I could probably do that too. So let me try to be yes, this. Yes. And so how do we how do we really tap into our true gifts and trust them and direct that energy in a way where our ego is not? Yes. As much as it can be, not in control. No, that's a great question, Lindsay, because otherwise everything's pulling us out here. You know, and in the Bhagavad Gita, again, which is about the great battle of life, it was written thousands of years ago, but it is so applicable to today. Mm. So practically speaking, we have to balance our time and attention in the outside world and our inner world. So we have to be out here, right? We have to cook food. We have to take care of our kids. You know, we have to run mm -hmm. our businesses. We have to do things, but we have to methodize our life, which is a term Yogananda used. We have to get organized with our daily schedule and our daily mm -hmm. routines so that we prioritize our inner connection just as much as the outer connection. And I'll give you guys a practical example. So for me, you know, I have two kids. One is 16 months old and one is five. So from the morning, it gets bananas. And then I, you know, have a podcast too. I'm running a business, mm -hmm. doing the books. Like I know what it's like to be really busy. But for me, I know the difference in when I'm doing my routine and when I'm connected and when I'm not. So baby gets up early, but nowadays I go to bed earlier so I get up earlier. The first thing I do is I do my meditation practice. And it doesn't have to be like a full hour or half an hour. You know, I put out these practical enlightenment meditations that are seven minutes. Now these free meditations. But it's so important to drink from that well, so mm -hmm. to speak, of deep peace and intuition. Intuition is one of the most useful things. There's so much science about it now. When we listen to our gut instincts, we make fewer mistakes. We're more focused. We write, we create more and more and more. So we start here. Then when the day gets crazy, when we're on social media, we're like, eh, eh, it's easier to go back, close our eyes, take a breath and go back to that well of inner peace mm. if we started the day. Because every day we come from this altered place of consciousness known as sleep. So it's almost like New Year's every morning. So we sit and we meditate as close to waking up as possible, right? And then practically speaking, you know, first thing in our body, ideally from the Ayurvedic standpoint would be warm water, with lemon, ginger, because that heat of the brings a physical presence into your being, mm. right? Because mm. power is to be found in the here and now, not up in the thoughts. So right away, we want to start the day being here. So the warm water actually makes you feel your body. It makes you feel grounded in yourself. And also, practically speaking, it you know stokes agni, digestion. So we're not wasting energy and inefficient digestion all day. It starts to get that really going. And then, you know, I could go on and on, but I think having a really strong morning practice and a really strong evening practice. So at the end of the day, same thing. Mm. I think it's important to have a break between when we work and when we start to come back into ourselves. For me, that break is a warm shower. Mm. So when I take my shower at the end of the day, no more emails, 
no more editing, no more, you know, all this stuff. And it means, okay, here's the, you know, the delineation in the day. So when I take a shower, I imagine, you know, it's water coming down, but almost like warm white light, just like hooks, cords, attachments, worries, to-do lists. It's all kind of just going off me, off my back into the drain. So I'm just cleansing myself. And then it's important, you know, you go about your your evening. I think a little bit more stillness would benefit almost everyone. So, you know, turning off Netflix a little bit earlier, having more time to journal or self-reflect, definitely getting off social media earlier, mm-hmm. and then evening meditation. I also think it's important that you batch time when you are on social media. Because again, to your point, Lindsay, like how are we supposed to listen to our true self if every two seconds there's like an alert coming mm-hmm. in. And there's research that shows when we're pulled off a task, it's like 90 seconds until we can come back in or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the exact second is. So all day we're dissipating our concentration, which is one of the limbs of yoga, dairana. Concentration is how we create success in life. So we need to be you know, the managers of our own life. We need to have times to meditate, times we're doing outwardly, times when we're focusing on our project and set times when we're on social media looking what everybody else is doing. So it's like, okay, 8 to 8.15, 12 to 12.30, you know, whatever, 3 to 3.10, like really write it in your schedule and start to discipline yourself not to be on there or not to just be watching YouTube videos other times because otherwise your, your whole energy starts to leak Mm -hmm. bit by bit. It's like eating all day. You know, then Mm -hmm. your body's constantly burning up digestive enzymes. Your digestion's working all day long versus having those set meals and snacks where your body works to digest and then it rests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. The attention residue of being on social and just the energy that it takes. Because every time you're like looking at something, your brain's like, what are they doing? What's going on here? And you kind of go off on this trail of whatever you're looking at and you have to like call yourself back basically. And I noticed too, because I'm working on like honing my psychic skills and even like communicating with animals or communicating with whatever. And the most important part of that is like conscious attention or like Mm -hmm. being able to like be direct attention, like very clear or else you're not going to get anywhere. And I've noticed that like, I'll have it for a second and then it's gone and it's making me insecure about my like there's a feeling of like unsafety, like because I can't have focused attention on what I want to have. And when you're in that sort of realm or space, you need to have like focused direct intention on whatever it is that you're doing. And that's with all all of life. It's like our conscious awareness and attention is like the thing. Like it's, it's the thing that allows us to create, to be in relationship, to have really the life that we want. And I think we really just don't look at that as important as it is. Totally. And you know, Yogananda talks about, you know, the reason most people don't create what they want in life is not because they're not smart enough. It's not because they don't have the skills. It's because people use about one-tenth of their concentration on anything, mm-hmm. right? And then it gets pulled and they're trying to multitask. They're trying to do all these things. So again, back to the practical nature of these teachings and these techniques and exercises for really honing what he calls dynamic will. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you use your will and when you learn to really concentrate, you can create magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I experienced that in my own life when I got back from backpacking and I was, you know, kind of like, what am I going to do? But I want to write these books. It, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you guys how hard it was to write the Beauty Detox Solution. 300 page book, no research editor, no ghostwriter. I had to, like, oh shit, like I have to sit here and write this whole book, but it was like this training. You know, I was starting mm-hmm. to really get deep into the practice and I was calling on it. I was calling on it and it started to just 
flow and I started to, you know, create. So it is like a muscle, Krista, mm-hmm. you said like, you know, don't feel like, oh gosh, you know, my self-esteem or like I can't mm-hmm. do this because it really is a practice that the more we go into it, the more it gets so powerful. And again, people are always on the surface of life. What my two eyes see, oh, I saw this post about this and she's making more money or she has more mm-hmm. followers or whatever it is. It's giving all our power away to the surface. It's like the choppy surface of the ocean. When we go deeper, that's where the power is. Power is the vision of the third eye. Mm-hmm. This is like 99.999% of what we are, but we give all the way our power to the surface. Mm-hmm. We learn to connect in, and then we learn to go deeper in that concentration. And then we also learn, wow, I am. That source of real confidence is in, I have a chapter on confidence. You know, you know what Moses said when he came um, and asked the Almighty, you know, what, what is this? What are you? And the Almighty said, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. So in the truest sense, confidence comes from I am a unique creation of spirit. And that's it. I'm alive and breathing. I am this. So this creation mm-hmm. of spirit will create something that is completely different from Lindsay and Krista and everybody else. So I don't have to feel competitive with other people. I don't have to worry that this field's super crowded or, you know, how many people are trying to do a podcast or trying to write books or trying, you can mm-hmm. say that, trying to be a banker or trying to be a, you know, a stylist, whatever it is. You can say that about anything, but only you bring your unique essence. So then it's mm. you learning that concentration. And then that chapter is very specific about practices, how you take that, and you, you know, you write about this, you have to, you know, put it pen to paper and you start to delineate, you start to extract the essence and then it becomes into form. But it has to start from the inside, connecting to your essence first. So we, we create from the inside out instead of the other way. Mm. How have you, you have two kids. I'm curious because I'm thinking about like when a, when a child is born and they're born kind of into this world, these various systems and indoctrinations and things like that. It's like at a bird's eye view, it's like a child is put onto these tracks in order to become something, to become successful, to become more educated, to become whatever. But there isn't this, and I don't think our world is yet set up for this, but I'm hopeful that it will be where like a child comes into the world fully whole, you yes. know, and how yes. have, have you been able to kind of teach your children in a way? Are there practices or things that you say to them or ways yes. in which you allow them to be that we can kind of think about as the future of <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, parenting. yes. I have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> one thing I didn't realize about becoming a mother, you know, now I've been a mom for five years. Think of my older is five, is that there is tremendous potential for healing your own childhood and becoming a mother. So I hear myself saying things to my son that I wished were said to me. And in some level, I'm speaking to my own soul. Mm. And the main thing that I say to him over and over again, and he loves it, <laughs> is I love you for you. Mm-hmm. You need do nothing for love, right? And so all our parents are doing their best in their coming. You know, we have our own ancestral beliefs that get passed on intergenerationally. But a lot of it in my family, there was a lot about like doing and achieving. And my mother was an immigrant from the Philippines. And so she came, you know, with not much money at all. So she had to hustle and, you know, climb up and, you know, figure out her financial situation. (laughs) So there was a lot of that emphasis on doing. So as I've stepped back and, you know, it's amazing. Research shows the babies up until eight months or 10 months, they are in oneness. So like my baby Moses is like, 
you know, they don't know the difference between me being Moses and you being a separate, you know, being mm-hmm. called Lindsay. Everything is still oneness. And then at a certain point, they realize, oh, we've like fragmented you. You're off on your own. You're given this name. You're a separate thing. Everybody's separate. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why babies are so healing. They say if you put a baby on your heart, it's very healing for your heart chakra mm-hmm. because they are in that pureness, that energy of oneness. So I think, in edu- you know, the way we approach education is also a big part of this. There was this big TED Talk, you know, some years ago mm-hmm. from the NASA scientist who said, you know, our education system makes people dumb. And it's, it sent shockwaves. So for me, it was also looking at the education systems that are available because there's so many and seeing, you know what, vibes with each family. For me, it was this emphasis on self-connection before the grades, before the achievement. Mm-hmm. So Emerson just started kindergarten, you know, two months ago. He goes to Waldorf, which is the system that really vibed with me, which is, you know, so much about you know, again, that deep, deep self-connection before they go out and have to be Mm -hmm. pitted against each other with grades and measurements. So, you know, I think there is a lot more available to us as we continue this conversation Mm -hmm. that, you know, even looking at the way we raise kids and the, you know, the way we talk to them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. All of like our friends and my friends that have babies, it's like, I mean, seeing that conscious awareness and attention given to a child is like, the best. It's, it's the just best. a dream. And when you see that not happening, it's like heartbreaking. You're like, oh my God, they don't know yeah. what they're doing. You know, it's, it's such a stark contrast now because you know the ultimate way or you, you know, we perceive to know the ultimate way with children. And it's really letting them be this like unique expression, letting them be this like thing rather than forcing ideals upon them. And in the book, I love how you talked about like going beyond numbers Oh, and I yes. see numbers as like the ultimate tool of the matrix because it's just oh my God. like your Thank weight, you. your mm-hmm. followers, your bank account. Like there's just your so weight, many. Yes. Your age, social how many security. Calories you eat a day. Yes. That is, you know, and I, I talk about that, that part of the book about, you know, numbers can be tools, right? Mm-hmm. We look at the speed limits. <laughs> we want to know like our, you yeah. know, blood pressure numbers and if they're really off and we need to do something major in our lifestyle. So there is some value in numbers. I'm not saying to throw them out completely, but what we don't want to do is give numbers all, like put, give all our power to numbers and think that they completely define us because they don't. Again, numbers are finite. And it's back to this idea of like the two physical eyes can see the surface of things. But then we go into, you know, this is a whole discussion into quantum physics, which shows there aren't just separate particles. There's waves connecting Mm -hmm. everything else. Everything is frequency. Everything is vibration. There's a chapter in the book about being magnetic. And I tell a very dramatic story about how I met Deepak Chopra. We ended up writing a book together. And it was this frequency. And you see this in nature. There's this amazing book about the synchronicity that rises out of chaos, where these fireflies start, you know, pulsing at the same time. So there is frequency Mm -hmm. and energy in all things. And so you can't define that just by numbers, right? And I know for me, when I stopped weighing myself, when I start working with clients, we go past numbers. We don't count calories. We work on digestion. You know, we work on energy. We work on letting go of resentments. We work on finding stillness on the inside. We work on grounding the body, somatic practices. And when we do that, the amazing thing is people lose weight. (laughs) People have more energy without all of these charts and these numbers and this hyper-focus, when I started focusing on these teachings, 
you know, I was able to climb out of being completely broke into a level of prosperity from the inside again. So it's, there's so much more power in this stuff. And, you know, I think that everybody, you know, we can enjoy trends and, you know, some of the you know latest biohacking stuff. And some of that's fun, but at the same time, there's such deep value in old stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially in these ancient mm-hmm. teachings, really old stuff that hold relevance. And they show, you can't measure wisdom or true beauty by a scale. It's just the frequency. It's an energy you can feel, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's really beautiful. And you know, the chapter in the book where I talk about beauty, everybody is the true self. So by definition, they're beautiful. But- I say the degree in which someone is connected to their true self is what makes someone mm-hmm. truly beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And they may not use that language, but being connected to the true self means you're really comfortable with yourself. You're natural with yourself. Then you're natural with other people. You're not like, eh, or feeling yes. competitive. Yep. It's that degree of connection that is powerful. And that is, who cares how much you weigh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who cares, you know, how many grams of protein you ate or whatever and all these restrictive diets. It, mm-hmm. It's beyond that. It's it's energy. It's tuning into our real power when we mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, it was so funny. A few weeks ago, I got back like health results or, you know, I, mm-hmm. I sent in a little blood test and I also in the same week, like pulled out a, the scale that's underneath my bathroom sink, which I never use, but I was mm. like, oh, let's just like kind of check in. Like, cause I'm pretty intuitive and I don't really go by numbers, but I got results back and there were certain percentages of these levels of my body. And then I looked at the scale, which was fine, but it was like different than I thought it would be. And then all of a sudden, I noticed that throughout the day, I was thinking about those numbers. Yes. And I'm thinking about, and, I'm, and while I'm not like hyper stressed about it, I noticed like this low level awareness about these numbers that I'm thinking, wow, does this mean something about me? Does this mean, and do I have to focus on this? And so all of a sudden, I realized and I noticed my body was in this like state of stress. And I started to like, retain water, no big deal. But like I noticed right. little things mm-hmm. in my body where it was manifesting because my body was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Why are, why are we stressed about mm-hmm. whatever and kind of super focused on this? So I've noticed just like these very nuanced ways in which my body will react to or manifest oh. the focus mm-hmm. on oh. something outside of me that I'm trying to achieve or change. Or, mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like that feeling though I want to have insight into my health. Yes. I don't yeah. like that feeling. No, so it, it's the balance again, like I was saying, between the yes. inner and the outer. So we need, we can take information. Sure. We can look at these tests and look at these results. And of course, like I'm not saying to ignore all numbers, but at the same time, we maintain our inner connection, our mm-hmm. connection to our intuition. Because it's true, if we, that stress that's created, what that does is it starts to disrupt your hormones. There's a cascade effect. Your body will secrete more cortisol. Mm-hmm. Now there's an imbalance between your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. Nervous system is connected to your endocrine system and your immune system and all sorts of things start to go off if we're giving away all our power to all of this stuff or if, you know in the same in a similar vein if you know someone says something mean on social media or you know mm. you lose a hundred followers in a day all this external stuff if that's dinging you around you are constantly going to be fighting this battle of life that feels very arduous like you're kind of like battling on the surface versus okay all of that's happening but I know that I'm so much more. I'm connected to this well of peace and such a deep connection to myself, which again, keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. No matter what's going on, I can meet each moment 
with clarity, with strength, with, with resilience. So let's say with, you know, the test came, you would have the, the calmness, the equanimity, Lindsay, to say, okay, let me look at this. Okay, maybe I, I should eat a little bit less saturated fat or whatever. You, you, you know, you make the decisions, you meet that moment, but the head doesn't keep spinning if, again, we have this inner anchor, which builds and builds over time. And I think we all can, you know, get thrown off. So that's why I love to include the practices. And you guys haven't maybe gone through all of them yet, but where comparison comes in. There's a confidence practice for like, how do we break that energy and come back into ourselves? How do I elevate my vibration before an interview or before I'm going on a date? And there's practices for that. How do I get out of the head and drop into the body to listen to the gut? There's practices for that. Because again, it's the practices that get us through our day-to-day life experience. So moments where we feel like, oh my gosh, this test came in or I spend so much time on this post and nobody likes it. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, no, it's like, okay, let me take right action. Mm-hmm. But then I'm still this, mm-hmm. you know, centeredness mm-hmm. is in here. I noticed with the numbers that I connect with my family on numbers. Mm-hmm. Like I was sitting with my dad when I was in Florida recently and I was like, I'm making this amount of money or like whatever. And I was like, why am I, I, do I the saying the same this? thing. I know. I notice myself sometimes with Justin saying that too. And there's that excitement because I feel more financially abundant than ever before. But it's like, I just was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so weird because I'm like, I found myself in this place of like deducing what we do to something that I felt like he could connect with or understand. Totally. That was a place of value within my family. So yep. it makes sense to it me. Makes sense. But I was just like, dang, this is like… I was like, this is very inner little girl in me being like, be proud of me because 100%. I feel like I have this thing. Yes. So there's so many ways in which that the numbers piece can sort of work into our life and in our day, even with time. Like I had this past life regression one time, which I actually hate past life regressions, but this was kind of interesting because she's like, you're like a little peasant boy. <laughs> I was like working in a, in a mine. And I was like, that's dope. I appreciate that this wasn't like a priestess. I really liked it. I was like, I'm not a mermaid. I'm not a priestess. I'm in. And she's like, and you're obsessed with the clock because you're working all day. You're obsessed with the clock. And she's like, you have this obsession with the clock and time. And at that time, I I did. I was trying to maximize my day. I was gamifying everything, which is was really helpful for getting everything done that we needed to get done. But it's like, then you're like a slave to it, you know, because yeah. you're like, oh, I have 10 more minutes. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. And you're just like waiting for the next moment and the next thing. So time is also another tool in the numbers game of like essentially mental slavery. Mm. Well, and also like, I know I really connect with what you're saying about your dad because that was a that was a pattern in your relationship. Yes. It was like, look at this. Good, good job, honey. And so it was like this validation connection point. And the thing about this work as well is that it really transforms your relationships and they can go deeper and deeper and you can change your relationships with everyone in your life. We're talking about with kids, with partners, with your, you know, with your parents, with everyone. Because when you start to see who you are, you start to see mm-hmm. the light in everyone else. And it's very different. Mm-hmm. And you you know, you can look in someone's eyes and start to, it just starts to deepen this this connection. So you start to, you know, the conversation naturally shifts or maybe your dad wants to talk about certain things, but there's more compassion. Mm-hmm. There's just deeper love. And for me, when I share about this in the book and the intuition part where I met my husband, oh my gosh, I have to tell you guys a funny story. We had a Halloween party, you know, a couple of weeks ago and a couple months ago now, and it was, you know, so this dad that was one of Emerson's friends and he knew my ex. 
And then he met my current husband and he was like, wow. He's like, he's like, I don't know what to say. He's like, 180, 360. He's like, dimensions. <laughs> so my my partner with my, you know, my ex-partner was, you know, someone that I met when I was in that, you know, place in my life where I wasn't, you know, as deeply connected to myself. And he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I've never said anything bad about him. He really is great. But it just was, you know, a certain level. And then I went through that breakup period I describe in the book where I met with one of the monks at the Self-Realization Fellowship. And his advice was treat your home as an ashram and just go deep for at least five months, you know? So for the first, you know, five months, I just meditated. You know, I had Emerson, so I would take care of him, put him to bed, and I didn't really go out at much. I didn't see that many friends for that period. I just meditated, read the scriptures, you know, reflected, journaled, did all that. And then some months later, <laughs> I was at this random dinner party. I was not looking for anybody. And here comes John, my hubby. And if I was me a few years ago, you know, still more like looking with my two physical eyes, I don't think we would ever have gotten together, you guys, because he's so different. He's, you know, covered in tattoos, gold grill in his teeth, you know, big, <laughs> huge oh, carnivore, yeah. meat eater, mm-hmm. plant-based, just all this like surface stuff, like really into MMA fighting and motorcycles and all this stuff. And, you know, the the mind part of us says, oh, that's not my type. Mm-hmm. But when I met him, you guys, and that, that, that dropping in part, I just could feel this heart connection that you can't explain again mm-hmm. with words, with numbers, with measurements. And so it was like, eh. and then I was like, you know, we talked for a while. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go. Cause I, you know, have a, do my be- a beach walk in the morning, and he's like, "Well, I'll come." I'm like, really? Because it's in like five hours. He's like, "Yeah, I'll come." So when we did this beach walk where we just talked for a couple hours, and then that evening I had an event. I was doing some speaking for Levi's, and I was like, "I don't really ask guys on dates or anything like this, but do you want to come to my event with me?" And he came, and then we didn't see each other on Sunday. And then Monday, we went to dinner and he told me he loved me. (laughs) And then we got married, you know, two months later. But the funny part is I started meeting his friends and they were like, he always said he would never get married, never have kids. He went in for a vasectomy and didn't end up doing it. But it was just like, you know, it was just this connection. He was like in a more still place in his life too, as was I. And now you guys know you both met all. We all hug. So sweet. So, you know, big hearted. And this connection just grows and grows and grows. And I think too, with relationships, you know, so many people I know are looking for that soulmate love or the mm-hmm. deeper friendships or whatever it is. And this is the work. Again, when you connect into your vibration, your energy, it starts to magnetize out. And there are scientific, you know, there is supportive science to this. This isn't like woo-woo stuff. You start to really be able to find your people. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, we want to share a little bit about the sponsors who support this episode. A member of Team Almost 30 slacked the channel the other day and said, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of my House of Wise sleep drops. What do I do? (laughs) And I was like, order more, baby. Use our code. Um, The sleep drops. Okay. You have to try. If you are looking to get a deep, restful, beautiful night's sleep, wake up feeling refreshed, you must. Uh, House of Wise sleep drops are made of five milligrams of melatonin to promote better sleep and 25 milligrams of full spectrum hemp derived CBD in every single drop. So every ingredient that House of Wise uses in their oils, in uh, their other products like their gummies is derived from select hemp plants 
cultivated in the U.S. of A. They have even planted a handful, a slew of their uh, hemp plants. It's very, very cool. They are all completely natural, organic, gluten-free, ethically sourced, no additives or preservatives in any of their products. And their products are lab tested to ensure purity and potency. I mean, I hear it all the time from people. Their products are potent. I will also recommend these sex gummies. Okay, so these are in our bedside table. Um, and they are just absolutely delicious. 200 milligrams of horny goat weed extract. You get me. 100 milligrams of maca root, 10 milligrams of ashwagandha. So all of these incredible super ingredients really help to enhance the CBD as well. And these gummies are awesome. You take them 30 minutes before, you know, you just want to get in the mood. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful experience, super in your body, relaxed. Trust me, grab them. So for our listeners, we're excited for you. You can go to houseofwise.co and at checkout, you can use the code almost30 for $20 off. $20 off at houseofwise.co. Use the code almost30. We love this brand. We invested in this brand. And we also love that every purchase, a portion of every purchase goes to the last prisoner project. So houseofwise.co, use the code almost30 for $20 off. My very favorite thing in the whole world (laughs) is FX chocolate. I saved some for you in the cabinet. Yes, I have some (laughs) in the cabinet. I order boxes at a time. We also sent some to our amazing almost 30 moderators, the moderators for our secret Facebook group. We sent them. It is my favorite. They have chocolate down truly to a science. It's vegan, zero sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, and it tastes amazing. And they have just beautiful ingredients. So reishi, ashwagandha, CBD, phytonutrients, um, and you're getting all of those things in just this delicious little square. So I have one either after dinner or even after lunch. It's just like a nice little treat, low sugar. Um, and they have one for like every aspect of your day. So uh, they have the focus. So I'll, t- I'll usually have that midday and then I'll have the Zen before sleep. Yeah. I love their Thrive and their superfood. So their superfood one has blueberry and great phytonutrients. And then it has cacao. And there is a little bit of berry flavor, which I love. And then the Thrive has trochtophenols and pepper. It's a peppery cacao. So it's more like a flavorful profile, but they have 15 calories for a little slice. They have great ingredients. It's sugar-free, like Lindsay said, and we just love them. Love them. Pump for you guys to try. You can go to fxchocolate.com. Use our code ALMOST30 for 20% off, which is a really big discount. Try it out. fxchocolate.com. Use the code ALMOST30 for 20% off. I have a program through ALMOST30 that we do, The Sacredness of Being Single, and so many girls Mm. are like... I just want to find my person. I want to find my person. And they're looking, they're looking, they're looking, they're looking. And there is kind of this cognitive dissonance that keeps coming up because they're not really trusting the heart coherence of it. Rather, they're like depending on, well, he's not what I thought he would be looks wise or profession wise or what he likes. And sure, there are certain things. I think there are like values, you know, that probably Mm -hmm. you guys should share. But there is something to the contrast in relationship and between partners that really helps you even more 
to realize who you are. Totally. Because you're not constantly being reflected back like, oh yeah, we're so similar. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, we always like the same things. Or oh yeah, there is this like constant growing with the other where there is that contrast that I, I see in you and I experience too, where I'm like, oh, I really appreciate this. Cause it almost like reminds me who I am. And then I'm like, I appreciate who this other person is too. And also you realize like all this stuff we think yes. is important. Like, oh, we yes. both like to ski. We both do yoga. <laughs> awesome. I was like, that's such small stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in the grand scheme of things, it's still doing. It's not the energy of the heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, you know, I have a lot to say about trying to find a part or two in your love chapter mm-hmm. where we have this idea, I think, in our society that love is something that you get. So it's like this now, like I'm going to get it from this person. I need to have a partner to get love. And that's a very different energy. That's a lack energy. Mm -hmm. It means I have to get it outside of myself. That's completely false. The the truth is that love comes from the inside of us. And certain people light up the love that is in us. So if you're looking for a partner, instead of this desperate lack base trying to get it, what you do is you switch your perspective of love from a noun into a verb. So you activate the energy of love inside Mm -hmm. of you. So you let love come through you as an action. Even things that seem so unrelated, like, you know, sending a loved one every morning as a practice, a text to tell them you love them. Now love is in action. It's starting to flow Mm -hmm. through. The person you get coffee from in the morning, being extra kind, giving them love. So you start to become the source of love. Back to frequency, you become love activated inside of you. And that becomes the magnetism that could draw more potential partners to you than you could ever want. And so that's what I was doing without even like focusing on it. I was lo- I was creating love and action inside of me. I wasn't trying to get it outside. And then boom, literally just ran into hubby John, future hubby John. Mm-hmm. So it's about switching from the getting the lack into the abundance of love as I am the source. And sometimes I think self-love is like a very you know broad topic. It's very esoteric. Like I know I'm supposed to love myself. I read this like inspirational quote, but what do I do? What you do is you live it, you become it. You, love becomes an action. And again, lots of practices that mm. I have to say about that because I, I came from that lack-based place of love, especially with my parents and wanting to have the perfect grades, getting the validation you know, out here versus, oh, oh, this is a game changer when we become the source, when we mm. tap into the source. Yeah, Ramda says, love is not about giving or receiving. It is about being. Yes. And I think that's so beautiful. because it's. But it's hard because I remember most of my life not knowing what that meant and being in relationships where it was almost like when I wasn't receiving love, feeling like something was wrong or feeling like my my source was out. You know, you're, it was the source. And it was almost almost like, a, you know, if I think about it in like a weird way, it's like you, a little bit of siphoning. You know, we're kind of like siphoning this experience. But when you can be in that frequency of love all the time, and I think about with my animals, like with animals in general, it's like you love this being so much. And there is a love frequency that they have because they're pure love, but also they're not giving you love per se in the way that we understand it. But yet we're feeling this like incredible feeling of like deep love for an animal. And it's kind of like, I think about that. I'm like, oh, my capacity to love is like shown in the way that animals make me feel because they make me feel this like deep love. 
So I love Ram Das and I love Eckhart Tolle. I love all these teachers, but it's true. Sometimes I would read it and I would like, I get I it on some level, but how do I practice this? Like, what do I do? Which is why it was so important to me to write this book being very practical. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, let's say you want to find a partner. You want more love in your life. You want deeper friendships. Focus on five minutes in the morning on activating the love energy. And here's what you do in five minutes. Number one, like I said, text a different loved one every day. Just tell them you love them. Nothing in return. Number two, give love to the first being that you see. So it's your pet. Cuddle your pet. If it's your child, if it's your, if you, you know, your partner, if you live by yourself, then just, you know, maybe massage your feet for five minutes or touch your body or be loving with your body. And then next, you know, write down a list or think of three things you're grateful for because gratitude is the, you know, an act of love where you're not trying to get it. You're not trying to change the present moment. You're not trying to control anything. You start to cultivate in love. So you can email someone in a loving way from your work. Five minutes, focus on frequency of love shifting up, up leveling at the beginning of your day. Nothing to do with the dating apps. Nothing to do with trying to get out here and like, eh, this anxiety of like, I'm not partnered yet or I'm trying to get love. Activate love as an action, five minutes in the morning and watch what happens in your life because it'll start to shift Mm -hmm. pretty quickly once you start to do these practices. Yeah, I always am like, now that I have like conscious awareness, I'm always thinking about situations or times in my life where I have that like memory, that feeling. Mm, mm. Like I was even thinking about when I used to summer in Michigan because we lived in the Midwest. It was like we used to summer in Michigan and there was this feeling of like freedom yes. that I had. And it's like, okay, how can I have these beautiful like library of memories that I want to cultivate more of in my life. So whether it's freedom, whether it's expression, whether it's feeling whole or feeling like liberated, like thinking about these bank of memories and pulling on them in meditation so I can experience that and be in that frequency. So that feeling is giving me the feeling of liberation or the feeling of freedom or the feeling of expression. And I'm just really meditating at my house. Well, the Heart Math Institute, which is one of the places that I, you know, reference research from in the book, talks about, you know, this incredible frequency of the heart being 60 times, I believe it's 60 times more than the brain. And one of the things they talk about is this ability, as you're saying, Krista, to self-generate these emotions. So in those five minutes, working on self-generating the emotions from the inside, even if it's remembering a scene from a movie that you loved or, you know, whatever it is, those memories, the scenes, Whatever makes you feel that energy is the frequency that's coming inside of you. So it's good to have some go-to, you know, you can write them down, memories, movies, scenes, you know, whatever times in your life that are, that will be the impetus to help you self-generate those frequencies. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be like, oh, well, I didn't really have a great day yesterday. So you're twiddling your thumbs. No, go to like, oh, remember when I got my puppy or, you know, remember Mm -hmm. when we went to this house, Mm -hmm. summer house, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that those are very practical tools to Mm -hmm. call on. It's great. You mentioned that, I think I was listening to an episode of your podcast and talking about writing the book and you said it was, you channeled this book. And so I would love to talk about the difference between (laughs) your other books, this book and the process. Oh, I love this question. And how to get out of the way because I feel like everyone, just like you said in the book, is a creator. Yes. And in my experience, like with singing there, I know the difference between when I feel connected and it's not all me and when it's me thinking too much and trying too hard. <laughs> so like, I am I think this would be really helpful for people, anyone who's trying to create something. How do we 
get out of the way. So what's meant to come through can come through. Yes. So I will, I'll share a bit about this experience and I'll give some practical tips mm-hmm. that anyone can use. So this book <laughs> was not a convenient time per se. The idea, guys, it, it came through like lightning. It just, I felt it in my body when I was exactly 34 weeks pregnant with Moses. And this is not a time when I was thinking about writing a book. This is a time when I was thinking about slowing down. But it came through and I was just like, ah, like it was so clear. It was like, this book wants to come into the world. And I didn't know what to do. So (laughs) I reached out to Deepak Chopra, who was my co-author two books ago. And I told him about the book. And he's like, this book belongs with Hay House. So there was this like very natural flow where next thing I knew, Deepak put me on an email with Reed, who's the president of Hay House. And he was like, well, what's your book about? And I told him. And then a few days later, I was presenting the idea over Zoom and I wrote a sample chapter. And then I signed my book deal, I think three days before Moses was born. Wow. And then I gave myself the full, more than 40 days Ayurvedic postpartum, I, 60 days I waited. And then I just started writing. But to your point, Lindsay, it was so it was so different. I wasn't writing from this external place of like, hmm, what should this next book be? It's been a year and a half since my last book, so it's time to get another book. Like, kind of researching like what's out here. I was so connected to two things, mm-hmm. and I also besides the creator chapter, I talk about this in the warrior chapter. Mm-hmm. So the warrior chapter talks about this idea of throw yourself into the din of battle and do not worry about results. So what that means is when you are, number one, creating from passion and truth, there's tremendous energy in that. And number two, if you really want to start creating and manifesting success, you must include the good of others in your plan. Rarely does a warrior go to battle for themselves. They go to help others, inspire others, help improve their lives in some ways. And it doesn't matter if you are, you know, designing shoes or you are a pet store owner, whatever, you know, you could have the best company culture in the world, or you can make people feel good in their bodies, or you can inspire people with your words and your practices, whatever it is. It doesn't mean literally like I go and volunteer at this charity. It can be part of that too, but it's like what we bring to it, the frequency the way that we help others through our dreams will really start to grow. Why? Because then you're tapping into the collective. You go from that limited being into the true self, Mm -hmm. which is connected to all things. In yogic terms, we can talk about the Akashic records, the great wisdom that you can pull in, all the ideas, the frequencies, the oneness of spirit, the oneness of God. Now you're not just working for the little ego that wants to, you know, whatever, be seen, have more, whatever, validation, followers, money, whatever it is, that stuff will come, mm. ironically, as a, you know, as a byproduct much more easily. But when we're creating, it's, we must include the good for others. So with this book, Lindsay, and I admit, you know, not all my books were so pure. I started to get some success and I was like, well, I want, you know, this book, I want people to read this book. It was a little bit more about like me, me, me. This book, I do not feel like is my Mm. book. It feels like I'm in service to this book. Like, Mm. so I got out of the way. The passion came through and 100% this book was like, 
Here's my playbook for what's helped me the most. From the beginning, I told you guys, this was supposed to be like, you know, some of the the original book. It wasn't just about food. This is how I created abundance. This is how I magnetized in these opportunities. This is how I found my soulmate. This is how I feel a lot more confident today. You know, all this stuff. So it was written with that. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels very different. And also it takes away the stress of worrying about results, which I think is what blocks people's creativity because they're constantly being like, well, I think people will buy this more, buy this more. You are blocked from the voice of your intuition. You're blocking the true self. It has to be that pure passion, your talents coming through that you connect with and then helping others. And then like the Gita teaches us, we can't worry about results because it's in the action, righteous action that we're taking. That's the energy. And then the right people will find it. And we just Mm -hmm. have to trust that. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Super yeah, I was thinking powerful. about when you were talking to with the ego, it's like when people are trying to channel or they're trying to bring through something or trying to create a business or change their life in some way. It's like, that's why healing ourselves is so important because it helps you delineate and not act from like a wounded place. Because the wounded self is the one that the ego like hides behind and make causes you to create something for validation or yes. for love or for notoriety or all of those things. So there's so many different aspects of healing that are so important to us, including finding that thing that will not only fulfill you from a passion perspective, but also be your greatest service. And it will help you do that service outside of the ego. How do you like keep your ego in check? Like what's your relationship with your ego? And what are some of the Yogananda practices and principles around the ego? Oh, well, <laughs> the whole book is, you know, is talking about going back in, going back into the true self. But anytime, let's say at the outset of a project, for instance, you're trying to figure out what to do next or, you know, what you're going to go for. Instead of asking the question, like, what, what, what am I going to do? It, we expand. So, so many of Yogananda's teachings are about expanding, right? Because the ego is small, limited, competitive, and expansion means harmony. It means unity. It means sisterhood, right? Mm -hmm. It's in brotherhood and and all the in-betweens, right? Mm -hmm. It's all this like beautiful expansion. So instead of saying, you know, what am I going to do? What's going to benefit me? We turn the question into what does the world need today? How can I serve, right? It's like always expanding beyond yourself. So you check in with every decision. You check in with every, you know, action step you take. Is this the best for Mm -hmm. the collective or is it just kind of serving me? Because that's small and that will keep you small. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of, you know, what Yogananda talks about is, you know, this idea that life should be mostly service. And again, service in all the different ways. So if we start to find ourselves into self-obsession, which is means the repeated thoughts are me. Do people like me? How did my post do? How am I looking today? Me, me, me. It's natural. It's normal. Don't beat yourself up, but just expand beyond that. Again, that's that love and action. That's where you start to think of others, you know, in, in passages of the Bible where Jesus said too, like, do unto your neighbors as you would do unto yourself. There's so much wisdom in that and practicality because we expand our love. We expand our connection. We expand these, you know, in quantum physics, there's these terms where like the frequencies line up. Mm-hmm. And Entrainment. So, entrainment and, and, you know, where people want to help us the same way and more connections mm-hmm. come in and there's practicality to it. So we need to always keep expanding. And so when we're sitting in meditation, again, it's not just about relaxing my body. 
back to this, you know, primary principle, meditation is really about that union, connecting to the true self, the spirit inside of us, universe inside of us, whatever word you want to use, source that's inside of everybody else. So we feel expansive. And so our thoughts become more expansive and we're able to tune into more expansive ideas. And we start to think beyond our limitations. And we have a different idea of who we are you know, back to this, we are more than we think we are. We put ourselves into these labels of like, I think I'm really good at, you know, just making recipes or I'm really good at, you know, X, Y, Z. But actually like our greatest gifts could actually be latent inside of us. And maybe some of those professions gave us a clue about part of it, but maybe that's not the full thing. You know, it's like, so we have to keep tuning into this expansive awareness. One of the practices in the book where I talk about growing the light inside of you and really tuning into our Shashumna Nadi, which is our spine, and then feeling that expansion out through that. <laughs> and again, not to sound so general, but it's very, you know, mm-hmm. specific. But when I started doing these practices, the expansion we feel inside of us as we sit in meditation without having to control anything outside, it starts to expand that energy in our life. So the life force that we're um, activating, the kundalini in our spine, everything that's coming through these different channels starts to channel through back to will. It's all connected what we put our will towards, what we put our focus towards. It just starts to expand all these projects. And the amazing thing is, and this is a big message I want to say, it doesn't have to feel like this pushing in this, again, the competition, the like, eh, like the cattiness, all this stuff, none of it is needed because you are activating your own energy and you realize everybody can do the same. There's abundance for everybody. Everybody has their own light. So you want to, you do it and then you want everybody to have the same thing because you realize that other people in no way threaten your success or your beauty mm-hmm. or anything. So these are the principles in yoga. Again, I will just say from personal experience, when I started to really practice this, opportunities came in. You know, I I sent my third book to Deepak to get a quote, but I had this feeling inside of me. We were meant to do more. And I kept focusing on this expansive feeling until one day I just met him. And the energy was like, Deepak, it's me. Just reviewed my book and felt the energy. We went to coffee shop, two and a half hours meeting we decided to write a book. We came up with a book title, Radical Beauty. We wrote the six principles like that. It wasn't pushing. It wasn't like, what do I do? All this thought, thought, go beyond thought. You know, when Eckhart says, go beyond thought, he's talking about dropping into this beingness, dropping into the true self. Mm-hmm. And there are very practical ways to do that. And the more we do that, again, and here's the other thing, it's simple. Um, It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's like, it's not more work than you're already doing because the pushing is more work. It's just a shift of focus. But when we do these practices, five minutes, 10 minutes a morning in the evening, it's like changing everything. If the Titanic changed one degree, it would not have hit that iceberg. So when we do these little things, we don't have to go on like a 10-day Vipassana thing, you know, unless we want to. We don't have to just radically change our whole life. It's these little practices that really change your whole life. Mm. And that's what I experienced personally. Mm. Yeah, that's why I love you bringing in your personal stories into the book because I feel like as a society, we want things so quickly and we're so Mm -hmm. impatient. And we don't think that five minutes of, you know, meditating on a feeling or an expansiveness or activating our spine or what have you can actually shift something. We want the feeling right then and there, or we want the result rather, 
right then and there. So I just love the the examples because it's so true. And I feel like we, again, to bring in the numbers and the time, we feel like we're on this timeline. But what if we don't feel this way by this time? Or what if you don't get this thing by this time? And it tends to just make us want to rush through or really not deepen into these practices and trust these practices because we're so obsessed with, but I don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. Well, the solution to the problem is not to be found in the same system is the problem, right? Mm. So this like system of the ego, which tells us we're not enough. I need to hurry up these timelines. Mm. I better get on 10 more dating apps because I'm not finding this person fast enough. I need to like 10X my business in the next two months. It's the same level where the problem is, which Mm. is, you know, identifying with the ego. That's the core issue here. And so what I'm saying is that there is the solution is in a totally different yes. system. And it goes back to, because again, in the book, I reference all the different traditions because there's wisdom in all of them. And this shows the oneness of all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a passage in the Bible where it talks about building your house, you know, on a sturdy foundation, paraphrasing here, versus the slippery sand. So with these practices, what you're building is something sustainable, this inner connection to your creativity, to your gut, to your real confidence. And day by day, it gets stronger. But you're not building it on something like, oh, I put all my energy into this, you know, class and I didn't really use any of it like to, you Mm -hmm. know, help me with my SEO or my social media, whatever it is. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's like, so we start to put energy. And I know when people, I believe every, you know, everybody has the true self inside of them. This is accessible to everybody. So I think when people start to hear some of this information, there's a part of them that will say, yeah, I resonate with that. And listen to that part because that's the real thing. It's not just scrambling on the surface. It's not trying to spend all this money and do all this stuff. You can do that, but you need to balance it with the real, the Mm. true self with these teachings, which are free and easy and like accessible Mm. to every single person. Right. So it's like, again, think about that. This, the, it's like dieting. It's like billions of dollars. And people are like trying one diet, then they're trying the next. Oh, maybe it wasn't paleo. Maybe it's keto. Maybe I need to go back to this or that. And it's just like on the same system versus trying something completely different, which is working with energy, which is how I broke through to all those different mm-hmm. clients that were trying to lose weight and feel better. It was like, hey, we're actually going to throw out the numbers. We're going to work on energy, like the energy of digestion, the energy that's very different in whole foods versus these fried fragmented foods, the energy of naturalness. Mm-hmm. We have all the macronutrients, right? It's a different energy. Get rid of the energy of, you know, scarcity, scarcity, mm-hmm. lack. It's, we're working with energy here and that is real and that is true. Yeah, and the love one. Recently, I opened up to this chapter and love one is like a channel text and the person that Ra was, who's the entity was being channeled through, her name's Carla. And he was talking about when he was being channeled through her, he's like, there's a lot of distortion in the entity today because Carla gave up buying new clothes. And he's mm-hmm. like, but she didn't give it up because she wanted to be of service. She got it, gave it up because of like a lack mentality of feeling like she had to do something. And so it was like, he said that the energy that she had behind her action, although it was good, had created distortion within her body. So it's a lot with food. Like if you're eating this food, because you want to be something other than what you are or you want to get somewhere and you're eating it with this energy of 
lack or of anger or frustration. It's like, that isn't the way to feeling better. How we do the work is the work. And that's a lot what you talked about too. So if we're not on the journey, being in the vibration or being in the energetic field or frequency of where we want to be eventually, then we're not getting closer to to the ultimate goal. Exactly. And abundance is also a big mm-hmm. part of the book, abundance in all ways, but including financial abundance. Mm-hmm. Because again, coming from, I know what it's like to be broke. And when I was in New York and I got back, I would eat three oranges for lunch sometimes because it was a dollar. And I read a study that showed that oranges would keep you the fullest of any fruit, right? So I was like, I, you know, I have no money here. So how do I stretch? my money. Mm. So I know what it's like to be broke. And, you know, now I've, you know, created more prosperity. And I talk about the story in the book about where, you know, my husband and I bought this dream house where you guys have been to, Mm -hmm. which felt like it was very crowded market. There's not a lot of houses there. It feels like all this limitation. And what I will say about that is it goes back to this idea as all things going past the physical eyes into the inner vision. Mm. So the physical eyes say, oh, look at my bank account. Look at how much money is there. Here's this, here's that. The inner vision teaches us that when we are connected to the true self inside of us, we are connected to source and we are tapped into infinite creativity and infinite abundance can come through. So there isn't a limitation to this money. There isn't a limitation to ideas. I don't have to worry about sharing my best stuff because more will come through. And there is this abundance state that you mentioned, Krista, that we can get into, which is a frequency where we don't have this lack of, oh man, I shouldn't over tip because I need this money for rent this month. I mean, we have to be practical to an extent, but it's also living life with the knowingness that we are tapped into mm. a source. We're like plugged in. Zzz. And once we're tuned in, once we're tapped in, more will always flow. So there's a lot I have to say about that as well, because that was a big dramatic shift in my life. I experienced through these teachings as well. Mm. Got those. <laughs> best house ever. The Hawaii house is the best house ever. In A Course in Miracles, it says, you ask not too much of the world, but too little. And mm. I love that part because it's so true. You know, we kind of try to intellectualize how I'm going to buy the house of my dreams or how I'm going to live the life that I want. But it's like, we don't know what potentials lie beyond what we can see. You know, so when we tap into the energy, mm-hmm. we're able to like create that well, it goes, it goes all back to the same thing, which is identifying with the ego. So the ego is the limits. The yes. ego is the labels. The ego creates this limited framework, this perspective that we look through life and say like, I deserve this amount of money. Even though you may not consciously say that somewhere in your heart, you think, well, I could be this successful or like mm-hmm. I could have this. And when we remove the full identification with the ego and we connect back in, mm. that's when mm-hmm. all the limitations explode. Can you explain the cover? My gosh, I was so excited about this cover, you guys, that my face isn't on it. I (laughs) fucking love it. You know, listen, my other books, there's, you know, one deep. You're the most beautiful. And I just say for real, because sometimes like there is, yeah. When I I look at a book and there's like, when yeah. I see a, a person, you're going beyond the ego. Yes, and you're yes. going to oneness. Yeah, and that's not you on the cover. <laughs> no, I, I, I was like, this, this book is not about me. Yes. This book is like the teachings that every single person will benefit from. So yes. first of all, I was very clear. I don't want to be on the cover. And second of all, I wanted something, you know, to really illustrate the title, which is "You Are More Than You Think You Are." You think about this butterfly, which is 
in this like, you know, chrysalis and sort of contained. It's in the ego. It thinks I'm like this ugly brown thing, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to, this impulse, this intuition Mm -hmm. allows it to start to grow out. And then the wings start to come and it starts to fly. So I knew that I wanted this butterfly symbol, but I wanted it to be elegant and, you know, have, Mm -hmm. you know, some cool imagery around it. So I worked with a designer and I absolutely loved her. And yeah, came to fruition. Thank you. beautiful. I just love you so much. So good, same. I love um, you both. Tell us about the when the book, yeah. where, pe- where people can get it. Oh, anywhere books are sold, but also uh, mysaluna.com slash you are more. Yeah, anywhere. Uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, Target, mm-hmm. you know, all the other outlets. <laughs> just- last draws you in. Well, thank you. We love you so much. Yeah. This has been really, really powerful. And as always, we're just huge fans of mm-hmm. Saluna too. So I have mm-hmm. to plug that. I Detoxy think, is life. Yeah, Detoxy is always in the cabinet. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. love it. Yeah, and it's just, I'm so excited that this is that step in your journey because it does feel so right. And I know you've been like thinking of this for a while and for it to be full circle where it's almost like the first book you ever wrote and yes. now it's, mm-hmm. this book means so much. So thank you so much. Thank love you guys you. both so much. I love you so love much. You. Sisters, deep friends, deep connection. We sat in circle together and mm-hmm. I just love you guys yes. truly. Love you. Love you. All right, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much, Kim. Her new book, You Are More Than You Think You Are, is out now. Make sure to grab a copy. And for those of you that are thinking about joining the Almost 30 membership, enrollment is open. We only open enrollment twice a year. And this is just the best place to be to feel supported in your evolution and any transitions that you're going through. If you are looking for community support, this is the place. Yeah. I'm really excited to welcome our new members. Thank you to the members that have been with us since the beginning. It means so much. You are so valuable and important to Lindsay and I. Thank you for filling out the survey, for helping us optimize our next round of membership. You will get your merch in the mail soon. You can listen to the other episode we did with Kimberly Snyder by searching Kimberly Snyder, Almost 30, wherever you listen to podcasts to dig into more about her. You can get her book out now. You are more than you think you are. You can find her on Instagram at Kimberly Snyder and more information about about us, almost30.com, and then almost30podcast on Instagram. It means so much that you're here. And we'd love to just thank our sponsors at the end of this episode to make sure that we show them a little love and gratitude for supporting us in this episode. Yes. Thank you to Array, Issue, House of Wise, FX Chocolate, and Flex. You can find all discount information for our partners either in our show notes of this episode or on almost30.com slash partners. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Take care of yourself and we will see you on the next one. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com